Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. I'm Jeff. I'm Alex. And today we'll be talking about how we've changed personally uh, from living in Germany, but also through our travels since we've moved. Let's start. Let's do it. And of course, the bottle of whiskey for today's episode is provided by MyGermany.com. The company from Weimar helps you to order German products from German companies and have them shipped straight to your home, no matter where you live in the world. You can either send a single product to your home and save 10% on the shipping, or send several in one package. And uh, I would assume that is some sort of discount as well. Uh, <laughs> let's use our discount code. It is whiskey2020. That's W-H-I-S-K-Y. 2020 and now to the show alex how you do I, yeah i'm doing all right jeff um i'm happy you got to get through that advertisement without cracking up 14 times i don't know why the past few times we recorded jeff just cannot get through it for whatever reason and then i start laughing and then it just it just goes on forever but i'm doing all right um i've been a little stressed out at work Ooh. yeah uh it's just been a, it's been a lot of things to do um with with corona and everything but it's getting better now uh, I went to a nice beer garden on Saturday. Oh, nice. Cafe Am Noyenzi. I think we talked about uh, an episode a while ago about places to come visit. Yeah, it's in the middle of um, Tiergarten Park, which is kind of the uh, central park of Germany. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. There's a, um, a nice little lake there. So you have your nice beer right by the lake. Uh, they sell pizza. I had a lovely time there. Um, yeah, now it's Wednesday and we're back at it again. I'm pretty excited to be back. Yeah. And for me, what did I do? Oh, well, this uh, weekend was the two-year anniversary with my girlfriend. Ooh. And so uh, what uh, we did was we recreated our first date, which was a long bike. That's cute. It was a long bike ride uh, up near uh, Potsdam, which is about like 30, 40 minutes away from Berlin. And they've got a few lakes there and forests and stuff. And, we, and it's a nice, long bike route that takes about three hours goes around a couple lakes Ooh, that's a long ride yeah um no but like on the way you, you know there's like little villages you stop in a little place you can buy ice cream and then so you're not you're not lance lance armstrong all the way there uh, i mean you could I, uh, mean, yeah, I mean if you wanted to i guess i mean yeah i mean we're you know i mean we're biking but we, we, we try to stop uh every half an hour 45 minutes or so and did you pop a tire this time I did buff a tire this wow, time. Wow, again. Which uh, sucks. As you all know, or if you listened to the couple episodes ago, I popped a tire, what, two or three weeks ago? Yeah. Actually, no, my girlfriend's bike popped a tire. Twice. Our friend Childish popped his tire about two, three days ago. And yep. the, the following day, my tire popped on this bike ride. And I'm going to tell you, guys, there's a company, I forget the name, I think it's called Scabs. That is the tire patch you want. Do not get any on the other one. They suck. The Scabs. You slap it on. There's no glue. It's just like a sticker. Like the glue's already on it. You slap it on, and it actually worked. I was able to nice. get. I I was able to get to the destination, and even two days later, I'm still riding on that tube. Oh wow! And to be clear, this is not a paid advertisement. No, no, no. This is just. This just, is just Jeff me, excited about his. Uh, this is me just telling you that there is <laughs> actually a tire patch that works. Get it on Amazon. Yeah. I am not sponsored by them in any way. You've had a it's lot just, of bad experiences. Yeah, exactly. I'm just happy that it worked. So yeah. uh, good. I'm, ha I'm, ha I'm happy to hear that. Congratulations to you two on your two year anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. So um, cute. Yeah, and and you know, in Berlin has changed a lot in the past week too because uh, bars are back open. Yep. Oddly enough, bars um, are open. And we, we actually, me and my girlfriend, we went to a restaurant for the first time. And now when you go, they give you a little piece of paper. You have to write down your address, your phone number. 
etc., uh, etc. Et so that way, if there is a corona outbreak, they can like trace uh, who was there, and you know, like, uh, like the, is that the contact tracing? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's not the app, but it's like I, I think restaurants are required to now, like proper restaurants, okay. restaurants, they have to give you this slip of paper, so that way they can, if there's an outbreak, they can tell the authorities. We know exactly who was here, you know, quarantine these people. Uh, hmm. Yeah, so it's nice, but yeah, that's, it's that's weird. Pretty sweet. Almost, I think almost everything except for clubs is now are now open. Uh, yeah. Which is a big uh, um, difference from uh, the most cities yeah, in the U.S. I, I absolutely, we, we, you know, obviously with restrictions, but at least um, it feels normal again. The streets are busy, uh, people are going out, but you know, the the uh, public transportation is still a little more empty. We're still wearing masks um, everywhere. Man, yeah, masks, a lot of masks, but like things feel like they're getting back to normal. The the new normal. The yeah. new normal here. And um, we don't want to start the show without mentioning the police violence in the States and the resulting protests. Uh, yes, as two white men, it's really not our voices that need to be heard right now. But we want to make it abundantly clear that we stand by the Black Lives Matter movement completely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this whole thing is about uh, justice. People are out in the streets demanding justice. And... Uh, they are just sick and tired of not being treated with respect and sick and tired, um, I think, of a general lack of accountability. I mean, we want police officers to actually face consequences uh, for their actions and be held accountable. So um, we hope all of you are staying safe and uh, we encourage discussion and engagement with those around you. Uh, well, uh, there's no real way to transition from this topic. But we want to try and provide all of you with some entertainment. So uh, with that in mind, Alex, what do we have today? We're going to Ireland today. Ooh. Another Irish whiskey. Luck of the Irish. It is a teeling whiskey small batch. Product of Ireland, Irish whiskey. Um, finished in rum casks. Ooh, that can give it a little sweet note. Bottled in August 2018. And it says filtering non-chill. So maybe this whiskey has no chill. Or no no chill was involved in the filtering process. Or maybe this whiskey just like really, you know, gets annoyed at things easily. Yes, yeah, it's just no. not, not chill. Yeah. It's got a bite. It's got maybe. a bite. I mean, I guess we'll find out. Maybe we'll become, you know, complainers after this. And full, full disclosure, we actually had a different whiskey planned for today, but uh, Amazon's a little backed up, so it didn't quite make it. Yeah. But, but we found uh, what I think is a nice substitute and the next whiskey which is a german whiskey will be seen hopefully next week hopefully if. next week we'll have a german one out but we'll see but today the teeling the teeling it's a really nice bottle it, it looks kind of similar to the um 1776 we had yeah it has that old school kind of pirate ship kind of a yeah bottle. it's nice i like the 1776 bottle better but this is nice let's get that pop ready Oh, <laughs> you peaked right there, but that's not a nice. That was a uh, that was a quality pop. That that might be in our top three pops. Definitely top. Three pops. If we if we maybe we should create a list of top three pops and we, we can we can do a pop list and have like the actual audio file so people can hear the good pop. Yeah, I'm sure somebody's into pops. If you're into pops, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll make we'll make a whole episode, fifty minutes of just pops. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll just get all the whiskey bottles that we have collected and just pop every single one. Yeah. And for your entertainment, maybe it's a kink. I don't know. But yeah. if you're into it, we'll do it for you. Cheers. And cheers. <laughs> Ooh, Irish. Hmm. That's good, huh? Mm-hmm. I like it. A hint of smokiness. It but, does, but like very really minor, yeah, very if, mild. If you don't like smokiness, don't worry. 
it's it's really like a subtle aftertaste of smokiness. Yeah, it's really tasty. Mm. 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 Yeah, I like more? that. You're, you're chugging that. No, you just you poured me. You you poured yourself a huge dollop and give me a I'm sorry. dollop, dollop, dollop. Like a dollop of Daisy. Yeah, but it's um. I don't know what else to say. There's a. Well, we're gonna talk about it later, Jeff. So kind of lemony, maybe. Collect your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me um. Let me brew over that. Yeah, and and before we get into uh, the topic of how we've changed, please, people of Earth who are listening. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a, uh, a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate yes, it. Please subscribe. Uh, subscribe. If you're on Spotify, subscribe. Yeah. Uh, you, you, know. you can find us on, on Facebook. Um, just search Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. And on our Like Insta- our page. Like it. Follow that as well. You know, we, we post some things. We're, we're trying to get better at the social media thing. But we're both not very good at it. But we're working on it. We're working on being yeah. good on social media. And again, we're still working on that website where we're hoping to... Get everything in one place. Yeah. It's for easier for you guys. Yeah, exactly. The website should be um, should be live next week, I'm hoping. Yeah. Or maybe by the time it's, of this recording. It's not, yeah, it's it not make any promises, but okay. let's say in the near future. In the near future. Maybe at the time this releases, it'll be out. Right. Yes. Uh, and also our Instagram, at americans.in.germany.podcasts. And without, That's a mouthful. I know. Well, so is our name. I'm surprised we even got someone to make a logo for us because it's a very long name. Yeah, actually, uh, I have to mention this. Like, we went to one other graphic designer, and he refused to make us a logo because he said our name was too long. And he yeah. said we had to change our logo for him to agree. Um, well, uh, if he's listening, it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. But I, 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 pre- I still appreciate the effort. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. How have you changed Jeff since you moved and you've done more traveling and you've lived here for nine years. So what, what kind of things personally in your psyche have changed? I mean, I'll take it back to the, uh, the little naive young Jeff who, uh, before living in Germany, you know, just backpacking through Europe for several months on more than one occasion. Um, some like the, the obvious ones I would say would be kind of, when you're when you literally have your whole life in a backpack and you have to keep things light, one of the first things I think I realized and that did change me was that you don't need that much to really survive and enjoy life. You know, you have so True. much kind of shit. I just have to say it, shit in your in your apartment and your life that you think you need and you think you need to bring with you. Yeah. But you whittle it all you whittle all down and you're like, okay, I can't, actually can't fit that in my bag. I can't. That's too much weight. And then you actually just bring the minimum and you're like, hmm, but I lived a month off of almost nothing and had a great time without. So I think the first thing I learned was just, um, yeah, you just really don't need much to to be happy. You know? Yeah. And, and, and it comes kind of with that first pack. So, yeah, when I moved, I came with one, you know, decently sized luggage that could fit on a plane. Yeah. And as I was packing it, you know, you're thinking, what do I need? I need clothes. I need my my laptop. At the time, I needed my iPod because that's when I was using iPods still. Yeah, um, yeah and, and, and it's funny because as you're doing this pack, you're kind of going through, you're like, I'm really going to miss my stuff. But I felt like right when I landed and I unpacked my stuff and I was, you know, there in or here in Germany, I realized like, I really need that much stuff. And I, you know, I bought some new stuff here and there, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, you're right. It's, it's interesting that, that that realization that you have yeah. of like you can live without that much stuff. I do a lot of stuff now, though. I gotta say, no, true. Well, of course, of course, like <laughs> the longer you stay anywhere, 
of course you acquire more more things yeah but but no but i did i just i just have, i found because same as you like i could only bring as much as i because i'm cheap ass i only as much as i could carry in the one bag sure. right um and then so i'd slowly every christmas when i returned okay let's you know I'll, I'll grab this thing that i didn't grab last christmas or whatever but it was just kind of interesting the things you thought you needed and it's like okay after four years i'll finally bring that over to germany with yeah. me like because i have some extra space don't really but you realize okay i, did, I didn't need that thing I'm just now. I'm just bringing it because I have the extra space. But so I was fine without it, you know. Hundred percent. But I, I do to say though, I do miss you know some of these things I did have. You know, my my little childhood pictures, my little oh, toys sure. that I had. You know, feeling nostalgic. Go to my closet and find like my old GI Joes I used to play with. And I do miss kind of my 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 old things that just remind me of my of my childhood because everything I have here, most of the things I have here. I got when I was here, yeah, except true. for like my skateboard, which I got when I was 16. I still have that here with me, and I still ride it, actually. Yeah, it's, pretty awesome. it's pretty cool. I love that skateboard. Um, no, I know, I know what you mean. Like, yeah. I have, I have a, a 300-plus shot glass collection. Oh, you do, yeah. That I started when I was eight years old, so it actually wasn't about drinking. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it was a little mini cup. When I was in Mexico, I bought one, and from then on, my parents got me them because I thought they were just mini cute little cups, you know? Mini cups? Yeah, and 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 but it kind of sucks because like they're you know, of course huge and glass and heavy. Yeah, and so like ninety percent of my collection is still back at home, and so wait, really? Yeah, well, because how are you gonna like how are you gonna bring that? Yeah, but I've seen your collection. You have a lot of shot glasses. Yeah, but all the shot glasses you see in my apartment were all bought just from like post moving here. How know? much money do you think you've spent on shot glasses in your life? Well, they average between six and eight dollars per, and I have like three hundred and fifty. So there you go. I'm not good at math, but I would say like <laughs> the first third were like gifts from my parents' stuff when I was younger. You know, like if they went on a business trip to Oklahoma, then they got me an Oklahoma shot glass. Yeah, well, and, yeah, you're eight years old. You weren't working and yeah, using exactly. Your own. And oddly enough, out Worth of money. all my shot glasses, I think only like five have ever actually been used for shotting. Because yeah, if, I mean, because since they were part of my collection, I didn't actually like people using them because I was afraid they were going to break them or like. And stain I'll, them. I'll, also, how often do you, do you do shots at home? Oh, never. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're really just for the shelf. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, on. yeah. But another main thing I noticed when I was traveling here and also first moved here, you know, like as Americans, we have these kind of stupid misconceptions of of how you're, how you're, how Europeans dress and how, oh, it's so different than in America. And like, oh, you can't wear tennis shoes in Europe. And you're, I heard one, one travel guide say like, oh, you can't wear jeans. Europeans don't wear jeans. What? Yeah. And I got this thing in my, I got this, I don't know how I got it in my head, but I was like, okay, like somebody told me, oh yeah, Europeans don't wear backpacks. So I bought one of these like European sa <laughs> satchels, you know, men's satchels. Like it's a man purse. A man purse. It's okay, you got a man purse. To, you know, carry my No shame in having my a man stuff purse. Out. But anyways, I bought the thing and then I show up and then, of course, I realized like, you know, Europeans dress, you know, uh, like, I mean, they wear backpacks like. It, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I wear a back. I'm also I'm not European, but I wear a backpack. Yeah. But I mean, every single day. You're, I have European wear. So anyway, so that's when I realized like, oh, OK, that's that was bullshit. But <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, I'd say clothing wise, my and I think there's something we should mention, like some of these things could easily be because of just getting older and aging. And yeah, I mean, we, we both moved here in our early 20s and now Jeff's in his early 30s. Thank you. You're welcome. And I will be 30 soon. Uh, so yeah, a lot of these things could just be growing up because a lot 
a personal growth happens from 20 to 30, of course. Exactly, yeah. Um, but it also, I mean, all these have to have some kind of influence as well. I mean, yeah. you're only a product of your environment a lot of times. Exactly, too, you know? yeah. But I know uh, one of the first main changes was my kind of clothing style. How about you? Like, I, I think oh all, you God. also changed as well, right? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll quote my girlfriend on this. She said, when she first met me, I looked like a 15-year-old in a hip-hop video. And I'm not offended. And she stayed with you? Yeah, I know, right? That's weird. You must have like an awesome personality or something. That's it, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> 15, those are two yeah. really bad things. 15 years old in a hip hop video. Well, I mean, I pretty much didn't change my style from like 14 years old till 22. Like I I moved here. I had very baggy pants that were way too big for me. I wore big uh, beer t-shirts that were like size large, even though I wear small to medium now. Mm. I had a wallet chain. And these things aren't bad in themselves, but when I put it together, I just I just did not look good. In the states, it wasn't a thing. I, maybe because, of, but when I moved here, like people made fun of me a bit. So then I discovered Primark, um, which I don't recommend going to, by the way. Also, H and M. I think you probably used a lot more here than back in the states, probably right. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, well, clearly I don't look like I'm part of the culture here. So I went to go buy new clothes and. I got some skinny jeans and like shirts that fit me. And I was like, I can't pull these off. I can't wear this. And I put them on, I looked in the mirror. I was like, oh, I look pretty good. And then when I went to go visit the States, everyone made fun of me in the States. So I literally couldn't win. But now when I go back to the States, everyone's wearing skinny jeans and shirts that fit them. So like, yeah, that's, I don't know what it is, but that's, that's what happens. No, it's true. Like, yeah, when I moved here, I was saying, I still had like re- really just like, I didn't have fitted shirts. Yeah. Same fitted shirts or everything was baggy and too big for me, you know, and like pants as well. But then, yeah. but then you come to Europe and you know, most men wear just much tighter pants than in the States, not tight pants, but just fitted, I would say like, yeah. and well, yeah. tight too. I wear very tight pants. Yeah, and after seeing that, for, and I think I even tried like to buy stuff that in the normal bagginess that I had. Yeah, but like it was, but you know, for my waistline, everything is built here for a slim, right? Yeah, true. And so I would try to get yeah. the baggy pants, and I couldn't, you know. And <laughs> so I, so I fought against it. But then, yeah, same. I tried it, and then I was like, Oh wow, I, actually, I look like taller, or like I look better in this. You Who'd know, a thunk when you wear clothes that fit you. Yeah, yeah, you and can I, look better. And, and yeah, and same. Every every guy here, they don't wear. They're not tight shirts. They're just fitted to your body. Yeah. They don't allow a lot of excess, you know. And like, and I started wearing those, and I was like actually, this looks a lot better. And I got the same as you. People give me, even now, like when I come back, sometimes my parents, not in a mean way, they'll be like, oh, Jeff, you look so European. When they see like oh, my, yeah. my my jacket, because like, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, winter jacket styles are slightly different than in the States. Yeah, like, a bit like, uh, but it depends. But but yeah, I'd say that that was the first kind of change is clothing. For sure. And, and I think it's what it is. I think there are some things that go, are, that are in the States first that come to Europe later. And things that are in Europe first come to States later. And I think fashion comes to Europe first and it goes to the States. And then like a lot of music and movies and cultures and things like this come from America over to Europe later. Yeah. Like my girlfriend told me they had the 80s in the 90s here. Oh. So sure. like her 90s were like the 80s. Yeah. And and to be fair, if you grew up, because she her was an East German family. Like if you if yeah. you were in East Germany when the wall was still up. You were way behind because they true. they couldn't get a lot of products that you could in the West. Also true, yeah. Um, but like, yeah. Speaking of like, you know, buying new clothes and stuff, I think that generally moving here made me more open just to trying uh, new things. I mean, obviously, moving abroad uh, on a whim is a new thing generally, right? But um, 
it can be very easy to get stuck in your own ways of doing things all the time. And when I first moved here, after my roommate started working again, I was hanging out at home every day watching TV because I was too scared to go out, you know? I was like, all right, I made it here. But now it's very intimidating just to go out. It's true. I mean, like you're very much... I mean, like you spend all this money and time and research and then you, you get here, right? And then, but you're like so much a fish out of water. You right. don't know the language. You don't know the culture. Nothing prepares you for that. And part of you is like making you be withdrawn and kind of shy. But then the other part of you is like, okay, you flew all the way here. You spent the money. Yeah. You really have to be 10 times more open than normal or, or else you're, you're wasting your time, you know, like, and, and why are you even here? You know what I mean? Like, like you could sit, you could sit in at home playing video games back in California, like, you know, like, yeah, and, you and gotta that was, be more open, you know? That was a moment that I had where literally that, I was sitting there, maybe someone said, I don't remember, but there was definitely a moment where I was like, what what the hell are you doing, Alex? Like, you're in one of the greatest cities in the world and you're hanging out inside and, and you don't have a job yet, so you're just chilling. Yeah. You're not even taking advantage of your time. And I think that, yeah, being here, moving abroad, kind of it, it forces you to have to do and try new things because literally everything is new. The smallest little things are new to you. Grocery mm. shopping, it's new. It's a totally different experience. So, and then that, I think it kind of builds up and then, yeah, you're just open to so many things eventually. Yeah, yeah. One thing, the way I kind of described it, like the first few years I lived here, uh, when I told people why I like living in Germany, I told them because every day was a challenge. And I don't mean like in a bad way. I meant like, yeah. so, so, you know, if, if, I, if, you, if you're still in the U.S. and you're American, you know, everything is absolutely normal. Like you've done it a million times. Comfortable. It's comfortable. It, it's your language. Yeah, it's, it's you, know, you, you, you know, you know the system. But when you move abroad, especially those first few years, everything is new. You're figuring out even the simplest thing as maybe getting a driver's license. It's a completely different system, you know, and, right. and you have to deal with a, a foreign language. So every day it's kind of like an exciting challenge. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, 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 like you have to be awake, you know, like you can't, you can't just float through it like you can back in the States. And I mean this in a good way. Like, yeah, it's in a really good way. And, and I think that internally changes who you are as a person. Yeah. I mean, it really did. Like now I've been here for a while. I can still have those moments of, you know, doing the same routine all the time, relaxing. That's okay. But you know, when people suggest new things to do some crazy things, Instead of where it used to be like, nah, don't want to do it. Right. Now I'm like, yeah, let's let's figure it out. Because yeah. it's just like the mindset that, that I'm in now. Mm. It just, yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like something clicks in your brain and that door opens. And you just want to go through all those doors, you know? Yeah. And I think especially the first few years, because you don't quite know how, how long am I going to be in Berlin. So it's like, I have, to, so it's like I have to take advantage because I always worried maybe, okay, I'm going I'm to be here the two years, go back and be like, and then I'll re- regret like, Oh, that one night when they called me to go to that thing and I said no because I was too lazy. Oh, I should have done that. I was only there, you know, I was only there for such a short time. Why didn't I take yeah. advantage of that, you know? And so I think that is a big change that I think hopefully happens at a lot of people who move abroad is you just become more like, uh, yeah, like a yes man. Like, let's, yeah, people give you an idea or an option to do something. And you're like, yeah, let's because who knows how long I'm going to be here with this experience, you know? I, 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 yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that I, didn't become aware of and I think you probably had this problem before is uh, when I first moved here is people in the nicest way possible started telling me like you know you're extremely loud and Americans in general talk very loud and I didn't quite know what they meant 
until yeah you just kind of realize yeah americans in general do speak quite loud so yeah. like one change is you really have to adapt to you're on the train or on the bus or in a public space like really like lowering your volume you know and and, and you're you're more aware whereas in the states because maybe everybody's that loud and talkative and whatever you hear you're more aware yeah you know, absolutely like, and yeah but jeff i'm gonna whisper now what what we're talking about how you changed you're still really loud I know. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say I stopped being loud. I said I the change was I became more aware of it. So like, yeah, fair so, enough. So and my girlfriend will, t- will tell you this. Like often it'll be we'll be in a situation and I'm being loud as fuck. But about like halfway through it, like in my brain, I'll like there's just a moment where I'm like realizing, oh, you're being loud, and then I'll go and I'll bring it down a little bit. You know, yeah. um, I mean, which I, been, which I wouldn't do in the states. Like, <laughs> there's been times after after we're recording here. And we're talking about the episode, talking about what, what we want to do next and, you know, shooting the shit, whatever. And uh, it'll be after 10 o'clock. So if you listen earlier, you know, after 10 o'clock on a weekday, that's uh, quiet time. And I've had my neighbors knock on the, the wall a few times. Not just because of me, though. Even when I'm not here, they knock on the, they, they knock, they knock uh, they, the wall. They did a little bit more when you're here. Oh, okay. That's okay. But yeah, it, it, that's definitely something that I noticed, too. And, yeah, I, and, was... I, and I actually do think that I do speak quieter now. Yeah. So like you even went like that extra step, like you actually yeah. like, and and, I, and again, I, I do lower my volume, but it, sometimes it just takes, it takes it, some time. It, even like last time I was here after he finished recording, uh, he was like, he was like, we were in a good little group. Uh, my, our, our girlfriends were here and he was like, he's like, all right guys, we have to be a little bit quieter because I have 10. Jeff, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but all, along that vein as well, I also think that um, I've taught myself how to speak slower. Oh, that that's also a big change, true. Yeah. Because you have a lot of non-native English speakers, mm-hmm. and they're they're not. If you mumble, it's gonna they're gonna lose it, whatever you're saying. And also, if you're using really weird slang, they're, you're gonna lose them as well. You know? That's true. But sometimes you can use that slang to your advantage for like jokes and stuff like that. Because people, oh, what's that mean? It's true. Yeah, and that, that's fine. But um, yeah, I, I I do mumble a lot. And I don't know why you wanted to have a podcast with me because I don't speak very clearly, but it's been something that I've been working on. I hope when I listen to episode one versus now, I'm clearer. Right. You probably but I, are. But I do definitely speak slower though for the past few years. Do you remember? Uh, oh, that was a weird thing. That wasn't, that wasn't a word. Do you remember yeah. when you started to speak slower? Do you think, how long do you think you were in Berlin to where like you became aware of like, oh, oh okay. Like I have a lot of people who like for me for me it was kind of the first few weeks i started to notice of a seriousness in the in the eyes of the germans i was talking with Mm. and it wasn't until later i realized it was because they were really focusing using as much of their brain power as possible to hear what i was saying because i was speaking too fast yeah it didn't take long to realize it but it took probably a, a year or two to make it a practice to to not think about anymore. Hmm. Like now I speak slower because that is just, because um, it's, it's normal, it feels normal now, but people still say I speak fast. But when I go to the States, it's like, yeah, because you're around the other people doing it the exact same. And plus, you know, they can, they can uh, keep up. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause I'm, I'm back in, you know, I'm back in Rhode Island. I can speak with my old Rhode Island friends and my family and speak the slang and not a problem. Yeah, and have you like uh, changed politically uh, since since moving here? Would you say like uh, just speaking of you know going back to the states? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I would say my values were always more or less the same, but maybe they, there was a name for it, or 
it's hard to explain, but what like, like I, I think I've always had the same point of view. It's not like I was, you know, a super right winger, became a left winger or something like that. It's just, I became much more, I became more politically aware for one, just because Germans are very, very politically aware. And a lot of Germans will tell you, uh, I've heard it a few times, they say they think it's irresponsible to not be a little bit politically active because of the things that happened in the past in Germany. Oh, yeah. So Germans yeah. really know what's happening, you know, almost, like politically all over the world, or at least in the major players in Europe and in the States. Um, so I've definitely absorbed that as well. And I'm much more politically active. I, you know, before, like, my values didn't change, but I didn't, I didn't care about politics before. Like, a bit here and so there. Your values kind of maybe became. You had the same values. They just became enhanced. Maybe you want to say. Yeah, maybe enhanced. Yeah. Put it. Put a name to them. Maybe yeah. I, I took my values and figured out like what that means politically. If that makes sense. I okay. Guess. Yeah. And um, and yeah. And then of course also living here, I've learned a lot about different political systems and how things work. Like there's some things that happened in, in Europe that I didn't even know existed in the states. Mm. And I'm like, oh wow, that's cool. You know. Uh, so yeah, for me definitely, I became much more politically active, much more. Uh, aware of politics and uh, and now like, I enjoy you know watching the news now where before I hated it but yeah. again also I was younger and had other things going on so yeah and I, th- I think living in Germany or any European country what you don't have in the US is since we are amongst so many other countries and cultures and political systems mm-hmm. you're much more aware of it because uh, you have to be because here, here you have uh, these uh, e- e- European Union states that, yeah. that really have they have to deal with each other on a daily basis, uh, you know, all the time. Yeah. Whereas when you live in the U.S., like okay, we have Canada, we have Mexico, and that's about it. And <laughs> and even then, you're, you could be ten hours away from them. You know. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think I think just living in Central Europe, just that also makes yeah, mm-hmm. makes you a little bit more politically aware. Uh, because you have so many countries interacting, and their the political systems are very different. You have very you have right wing countries, you have left wing countries, and you also have history. You know, as recent as you know the early '90s of like intense things happening. You know, with the wall coming down in Germany, with the with the war in in Bosnia, and sure, you know yeah. all these things, and they're very very recent events. And you know, democracy came to these countries eventually, and like things are changing so quickly. So like. You gotta have to keep up and 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 know what's know what's happening. Yeah, I mean, even the EU is uh, a, f- a fresh baby in a way. You True. know, yeah. uh, you know, it's only t- about twenty years old. Like, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, and it, yeah, and it just, if if you're German, it's like you dealt with World War One that led into World War Two that led into uh, you know um, the split s- country. Yeah, like a split country with like uh, Soviet oppression, and then you have the the wall come down, and then now you, you like shortly after you you join in the EU, and uh, yeah, it's just like yeah, it's, it's nuts. So, it's like an it's just so much happening in a relatively you know uh, hundred year span, you yeah. know, short period of time. Um, yeah, so you definitely have to become. We don't have to, but I think I think it's hard to avoid. It's hard to avoid it because people um, people like to talk about politics here, uh, not not in a super intense way. You know, no, it's no, not no. everything, but like no. if you you have to be part of the conversation, you don't know what's going on because there's a lot going on and they're interested in it. And just out of again uh, absorption of them being interested, I became interested. Yeah. Only downside is as uh, expats, we cannot uh, vote. That's it, unfortunately. Yeah, we, we yeah we are not allowed to we, vote. We have to become full citizens. That's that's the one thing at our level that we can't do. You are allowed to vote in your local elections, like yeah. for your uh, borough where you live in. But we can't vote for any anything really that uh, of importance that for all of Germany. Right, right. No, nothing, nothing bigger than that. Which is, um, 
Yeah, which is a shame, but um, maybe one day if I become a citizen or something. Yeah, but then you'd have to reject your American citizenship, and that's a whole other can of worms. Ooh, that's a can of worms, yeah. Um, and mom and dad do not want that. Mom and dad do not want that. Speaking of mom and dad, that's oh. a good transition right there. That's not something. Ooh, what are you going to say? Yeah, speaking of mom and dad, um, family and appreciation for family. Because I know for me, uh, moving away, I appreciate my family a million times more. And I appreciate them a lot before. So, like, you know, be, being away, and you, I, I can't talk to my mom, my dad, and my sister every day. My grandparents I don't see. And um, that sucks. No, I it, absolutely. I mean, because I mean, you're probably the same. I see my family only once a year. You know, it's, it's expensive. It's a long journey. Yeah, I go back for Christmas every year, and I mean, yeah, same. I I love my family and I appreciated them, but you know, like uh, you know, being away from them and only seeing them for this short period of time once a year uh, absolutely makes you appreciate uh, your family and the people you love and. And also, it, it like it, it became makes you more aware of the passage of time, just because um, you know you're you're seeing people only, um, you know, once a year, and then uh, the next time you see them, a lot has changed and a lot has yeah. happened in their lives, and you know they're telling you stories of all these things that happened to them, and you're you weren't there. Um, so it, yeah, definitely living abroad makes you makes you appreciate uh, them a, a lot more. So I, I guess in, in it, I mean, of course, being away from them is the bad part, but. The learning to appreciate them is the is that, the yeah. is the positive. I'd that's say, true. That, yeah, that's true. Take, take, take a positive out of that for sure. And you know, like these, these family gatherings. Maybe when I was a kid or a teenager, I was like, oh, I don't want to go to that. And now my mom will send me photos of them, and I'm like, oh man, wish I was there. Oh, I yeah. wish, like I would give anything right now just to be there. Yeah. for a few hours just to be with my whole family. Exactly. Um, so, so appreciation yeah. for family, I would say, or your family back home is is a big change. I'd say that. You know that that happens just from the distance. Yeah, but but also a good takeaway is you kind of create your own family here, and uh, that's also nice. Oh no, true. Yeah, but it's still you know, you're not my mom or um, my dad, nor would I want to be. That'd be weird. I mean, fifteen year old in a hip hop video. No thanks. <laughs> hey, they raise a good kid. Um, but yeah, but a less kind of uh, do a terrible heart, heartfelt moment yeah. or a uh, thing that change. I would say in like a just d- daily way uh, v- become more just kind of punctual and like a uh, respectful of people's time because yeah. that's a very German thing. A hundred percent. So yeah, here it's just like, I, I want to be on time. And if I'm not, if I'm a second late, I'm texting or calling them saying why and how long it's going to be, you know, whereas in the States, I mean, I was respectful, but like, yeah, I, I, I instead of like a, giving a, five minute plus or minus i was more like a 20 minute plus or minus or you know yeah, like and, a, and i feel like people you don't you know to be like you know let's do this next week You'd be like oh yeah cool whatever nothing would ever happen of it where like here in, in in germany especially when someone's like oh let's do this next week and you're like oh yeah okay like okay so seven o'clock like oh oh you actually want to do this oh okay then yeah seven o'clock let's yeah yeah he, he, let's do it your plans are plans or actual plans yeah. you know it's not just like a polite yeah, let's do that someday. You know, because now, yeah, I think that's the way I've changed. Is now that you're like, you're like, okay, yeah, when uh, next weekend? Or and the person's like, oh, right, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, def- definitely less flaky and and yeah, much more uh, aware of people's of people's busy schedules and time. Yeah, and I found myself getting more annoyed when people are late than oh, I was. 100%. Than I was living, living in the states. You know, it's like it was me to eight, and it's like eight oh four, and you're like, God damn it, what's going on? I'm yeah. waiting for four minutes here. Yeah, yeah. Or, my phone's going out of battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you become kind of more German in that sense, uh, just because it's every everyone else does it. You know, like so. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm also getting more. So yeah, when people aren't punctual, I'm a little bit like, ugh, whatever. But I'm also like, also get annoyed at people that aren't following the rules. So like, oh yeah, or the unwritten rules in Germany. So for example, if you're on an escalator, you go right. You stand on the right if you want to stand, and left means walk. And when I see someone standing on the left, like all of a sudden my inner German comes out. And I'm like, what are you doing over here? Go over to the right side. Yeah, and it just makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, true. I'm like super German. Or somebody cutting a line or something. Maybe Ooh. it didn't bother you as much before, but now it bothers you more. A hundred percent. Yeah, that. Cha- but you know, also like I- walking the bike lane. Oh, walking a bike lane, that... that Big no-no. That pisses me off to no end. And especially people who are, like, are completely oblivious. Like, you ring the bell and they kind of look up and they're like, what? And then, you, like, I always I always point to the ground and I'll, I'll yell, like, either in German or English, you know, bike lane. Like, motherfucker, you know? Yeah, like, that, that's why I don't have a bike. That's why I don't, I don't have a bell on my bike, so I can just yell things. Yeah, it's like, dude, you have your own space, which is usually 10 times bigger than the bike lane. That are you know like you know tiny but, bike lanes that we have here. Yeah, but they see this like smooth. It's like yeah, the reason it's smooth is because for bikes. Go get to get over there. Like you know. Yeah, anyone anyone who has not been to Europe or is visiting Europe, if you see a sidewalk, and like on the sidewalk there's another color, smaller sidewalk, don't walk on that. That's yeah. for bikes. Or at least ask yourself why is that different? You know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There like, must be a reason. Yeah. I, 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 okay. Fair enough. Like, especially in the States, like bike lanes are always in the street. They're on the side of the street. Right. Whereas in uh, Germany, uh, they tend to be part of the sidewalk. So it's yeah. different. So I give some leeway. I mean, I, I did it a million times. I've yeah. been yelled at by bikers my first year here more times than I can count. Just don't be clueless, people. Like, you know, just like, that's all I ask. Keep an open mind. Look around at your surroundings. Kind of like say like, oh, there's something going on. Maybe I should, you know. <laughs> Whatever. All right, we're we're going on a tangent here. Um, yeah. So what 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 else have uh, what else has changed with you personally, Jeff? Hmm. What what's an important one? Um. I would say yeah. Like what the, the things that you grew up with that you thought were that were that are that are more important to states like owning a car. Okay. You know, kind of the classic American dream: owning a house, white picket fence. You know, in Germany. 60% of people don't own a house, you know, um, it, it's not a common thing. Um, you know, your average person in a large European city doesn't own a car because you don't need to need to mm-hmm. um, just kind of I think that's a change. The, the, yeah, the I think that you it's, thought it's, you wanted, you know, you don't you don't anymore. Yeah, it's true. And it's kind of like um, saving up your money for other things like like traveling or yeah. You know, I don't know what else. Other things. New, new podcast microphones. New or, podcast you know, microphones. That kind of shit. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Like that that, that typical um, white picket fence, big house thing isn't even like a, a part of my radar anymore or on my radar anymore. And I actually was watching uh, the other day, I was watching um, House Hunters. Oh, I used to love that show. Yeah. I mean, I still do. I, I, it's hard to, where, where did you see it? I have I I got I got a Hulu thing here. Oh okay. My VPN. No, but you know my favorite was House Hunters International. I was about to say. Yes. House, I was watching House Hunters specifically House Hunters International. Yes. And I love watching it because um, I can see a lot of people were just like me, where they're looking for like a place in um, Spain, in, in Europe, or yeah. you know wherever, and they're like, "This is our budget, whatever." And then the people, you know, they say, "I, I want uh, four bedrooms, three and a half baths, a three car garage." 
and and the the house viewing people are like yeah we don't do that here that's not gonna happen you cannot find that for your budget yeah. and uh, it, it's it's really funny like someone people's two thousand dollars and they want to be in the heart of Paris and they wanted two bedrooms and a bathroom right and, and a bathroom got, and they they for sure they need a a huge like claw bathtub plus a shower yeah. and and the guy who was showing them them was like the best thing I can find you which is over your budget is a studio. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like that that whole thing of like your expectations change. Yeah. What living space is like? Do I need a big living space? Not necessarily. You know. So that yeah that kind of thing definitely changed into the values of what living uh, in a, in a house or an apartment means. For I think sure. You, yeah, and that's in that vein, you become much more flexible, right? Just because like here it's like, okay, yeah, you got a washing machine in the bathroom, like, but so so I feel like now when you see weird stuff in a house, you're not surprised at all because yeah. living in Europe, you're used to weird, seeing weird shit in houses. Whereas in the, <laughs> in the States, you know, it's like, okay, the washing machine goes in the washing machine closet or it's like in the garage. Right. You know, it's like every like the, the everything has its place or like, I mean, I even saw like once in Berlin, uh, a shower in the kitchen. Of course, but that, that's not... That's not normal. That's not normal. But, that's the thing but in some old apartments, that's the only place you can put it. And so, but now I'm, if I see it, I'm like, it doesn't buy, like, doesn't, right, because you're looking at these, these old apartments or houses that were built hundreds of years ago and all these new modern conveniences. Yeah. And it's like, well, we got to put this stuff somewhere. Yeah. This building was built when there was no showers and th there was actually no indoor bathroom. Like, right. right. So they turned it like a closet into a bathroom and there's but no yeah, room for the shower. You will see that a lot in Berlin, though. You will see like uh, a bathroom with a shower and a sink or whatever. Um, and a toilet will be like right in the middle of the bathroom and you kind of have to almost walk over it. Yeah. Cause, and, and what he's talking about is like, cause, cause they're like the only space that maybe that was available to put a bathroom in. It's this like thin hallway. That's like three feet wide, a meter wide. Right. Yeah. But, but like 10 meters long, you know, and the plumbing is like in the middle of the room. So you literally have like, yeah, a toilet you have to walk around and then behind it is the shower. You know, exactly. like, Cause I, I guess back in the day they had like communal showers, would be like one shower to go to. They weren't actually in the apartments. Yeah, exactly. And then so. they sort of builds like, well, now we want that, so make it happen. And then you, if you come to Berlin, like if you go to people's apartments, just like look at their bathrooms because sometimes you see some really wacky bathrooms. Yeah, because yeah, again, they're just like they're sometimes they're eight buildings from the 1800s that just did not originally have bathrooms. So or plumbing or yeah, you throwing yeah. your you're throwing your shit literally out the window. Exactly. So actually, that was a great thing you said because. Um, yeah, you. Just, I think you just become more flexible when yeah. it comes to uh, how you live. Just because, yeah, you're just used to seeing weird stuff. Like, and so, but an American like who'd never been to Europe before, and they you show them a weird apartment like that, they'd be like, "Oh my god, what?" The, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know I was when I first was like, "What the hell is that?" It doesn't make any sense. But that was yeah another tangent. But I think generally, um, I don't know about you, but I think growing up or not growing up here, but um, <laughs> having my adult life. You're growing up right. as an adult, right? Which I'm still currently doing. Uh, I think it's all been mostly a positive experience on my own personal who I am. You know? Oh, absolutely. And I would tell anybody at least move abroad for three months. Do the semester abroad or do a summer abroad anywhere because it will just it'll 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 open you up to the world and different cultures and different people, and, and you will see things from a different perspective. And this is not in a political way at all. It's just you know, but it it, it will it will do nothing but positive things for you. You know, so yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a cliche for a reason when they say, "Oh, you go learn more about you, find yourself, or whatever." Um, I'm not gonna go that far. And say I found myself, but I will say that 
I've definitely uh, changed, hopefully, I think, for the better. But I'm also biased because I'm myself, so. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah, we can uh, wrap it up. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not quite ready to wrap up this uh, gl- this whiskey because my glass is more. a little bit empty. I'm so. trying to get a good pop again. Yeah. Ooh, the first one was pretty epic. The first one was okay. Don't yeah, not too much. Thank okay, you. sorry. Yeah, just just enough to remind me what's going on. Yeah, it's. I don't. Know. I've, well, I've been really well, remind it, remind the people what we're drinking. All right, the people. We're drinking uh, the spirit of Dublin. The the spirit of Dublin Teeling whiskey, small batch. Teeling whiskey. Teeling. T e e l i n g. And I think that's one of the first Scotch or Irish whiskeys that I can actually what is, pronounce. What is this whiskey what is ruining the label? What's going on? Ooh, I spilled. He spilled. Sorry. You can have that bottle. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> let's give it. Let's give him a taste. Yeah. It's still really good. Yeah, you know, I'll be hard pressed to say anything bad about this whiskey. <laughs> yeah, now, I'm it, trying it, to think of something, but it's not like a, um, it's not a red red spot or yellow spot or a green spot or you know, but it's 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 a it's freaking solid whiskey. It is. It's. You, that, I think that's the word for it. It's just it's solid. It's a solid Irish whiskey. It's very smooth. It's with, with a slight bite slash smokiness at the end. I would almost say it's exceptionally smooth. That touche. Yeah, very good. But it's also not. Boring. You know, we, we had some whiskeys where they said whelmed you. They didn't overwhelm you. Underwhelm. True. It's not boring. It's not whelming. It's, no. it's, uh, it, there's more to it than that. I, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, we also decided, we talked about this, that we're gonna, when, we, when we rate our whiskeys, we're going to try to not compare them in the rating anymore. Exactly. Because it makes it way too complicated. Because I don't yeah. want to think, oh, this is better than that. It's worse. I don't know. No, but, just, just based purely off of what you taste right now, yeah, zero I'm, out of 10, or sorry, you're, are you, I don't know where you're at. If you're in thumbs up or you're in an A plus rating Ooh. or where you you've changed a few times. So I, don't, I don't know where you're at. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's just, it's based off the cuff reaction, and, and I'm trying to get mm. the best reaction. And my cuff right here, my off the cuff reaction is given eight, eight out of ten. You know what? As it, as it goes down, it it tastes it's like an good. eight. Yeah. It tastes like an eight. I think it's a, it's a solid solid eight. We do one episode just comparing all the whiskeys. We'll get absolutely smashed at the end. And I'll let everyone know this teeling. It's actually very affordable. I mean, we, we got it for about forty today, but just because we had to get it last minute and we had to go to shop online, you can actually get it around thirty. And I found like one or two places you get it even a little bit less in the high twenties. So it's. But I would say it's 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 worth forty. So if you can get it for another forty, then yeah, it's it's a very affordable Irish whiskey. Uh, I, I really nothing else to say. Other than you know, please subscribe, tell your friends. Oh yeah, we said. Um, that. You know, we got a few more interviews coming up uh, yep. that I hope you'll find entertaining. We're interviews that we are on and interviews that we will be in conducting. Uh, we had an interview with the Lost Geographer podcast, which by the time you listen to this should be out. Um, so go please check out the lostgeographer.org. And um, he has amazing stuff on there just about countries all over the world. But, you know, the most amazing episode he has is the one with us. It is. That should be the most recent episode, I hope. I'm excited for it. Yeah. So, so uh, cheers. Cheers. Stay safe, everybody. And um, cheers. No, sl- no last little quip. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>